What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up, Keep Going. This is Sydney. This is Kate. And together we're doing a podcast. That's true. This is the episode. This is the podcast where we explore our internet curiosities. And speaking of internet curiosities, Kate, what were you curious about this week? Well, Sydney, it was the Christmas Eve of 1926. Oh. Okay. Okay. Are we there? We're there. I'm mentally, I am in 1926. The streets, dare I say, a glitter with snow and lights. And a man stumbles in to the emergency room at New York City's. <laughs> That's not where I thought we were going. Okay. But we're, stumbles we're into the emergency room at New York City's Bellevue Hospital. He is terrified of Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, no. And he was flushed. He was gasping with fear. Um, Santa Claus was just behind him and he had a bat in his hand. Santa Claus is coming to town. So before the hospital staff could even understand what was wrong with him, he died. (gasps) And then another. And then over 60 people came in and were super ill. Wait, all from the same party? Uh, it doesn't say. Okay. <laughs> let's let's say for the story's sake, 60 people from the same party all came in six. And then within the next two days, 23 people had died. At the time, 1926 again, many doctors were accustomed to alcohol poisoning because that was just a part of life in the Prohibition era, right? Oh, interesting. Okay. So a lot of bootlegged whiskeys and gins made people sick. And um, these this liquor was usually uh, tainted with metals and other impurities. But this one was very different because they realized it was the courtesy of the U.S. government. Oh, ah. Mm-hmm. Do you know this? I think I know. Yes. So... Frustrated that people continue to consume so much alcohol, even after it was banned, the federal officials decided to try a new way of enforcement. (laughs) They ordered the poisoning of industrial alcohols manufactured in the United States. But these products were regularly, and they knowingly knew this, stolen by bootleggers and resold as drinkable spirits. The idea was to scare people into giving up illicit drinking, but by the time Prohibition ended in 1933, the, quote, federal poisoning program estimated kill, estimates that it killed, no, they didn't estimate it. Other people estimated that this program killed at least 10,000 people. <gasps> oh my gosh. I know. So they didn't stop once people were dying? No, because that was the idea is like, don't drink alcohol. It's illegal. Well, I thought that it'd be like, you know, maybe they kill a few people, which also is not okay. But I would have thought it's like, oh, put it, put one batch of poison out, not like keep it going. Oh my God. Who approved this? (laughs) So while it's uh, kind of forgotten, I didn't know this. I didn't know this was a thing until I researched this. I don't even know how I came across this. Um, But one of the most outspoken opponents at the time was Charles Norris, the chief medical examiner in New York City. And he said, our national experiment in extermination. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because um, 
yeah, I mean, it was just killing a lot of people. And actually, this still happens. I didn't know this. I oh, mean, I didn't know poison this. Poison alcohol still happens because of bootlegging. Um, 16 people died in Indonesia recently where bootleggers made their own liquor to avoid steep taxes. But that's not... That's not the government doing it to like them. sketchy business people and not like the government. But um, apparently in the 70s, something similar happened to this where uh, the U.S. government decided to put herbicide on marijuana plants in Mexico because they thought that that would make people stop. Like the, the idea of it, not even that specific weed, but the idea of it would make people not smoke weed. And then people still did and got sick from it. So I have a few. Okay. I have a few. What? Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to start. And I, we've said before, like, we're not talking. This isn't a, po- a political podcast. Yeah. But the government is not your friend. <laughs> and I feel like how, cause like I've heard about them poisoning alcohol. Like I heard about this, but I didn't know all that much about, like, I didn't know the number was that high in terms of death toll. Um, but I know people are like, well, like the government can't even get their shit together to do X, Y, Z. Like obviously our government is not very efficient. I don't care what yeah. side of the spectrum you're on. We're, it's not efficient. <laughs> um, but it's like, well, then how could they even pull out all of these like backdoor things where they're hurting, you know, where they're like doing all these conspiracies or whatever? Uh, they poisoned a bunch of people. <laughs> like, I just what? How is it? What? These well, are what? Well, it's because the prohibition was like, like very intense, and it was. The 18th Amendment. <laughs> um, and it was like anti-alcohol organizations were very, very influential in the government. And so it it became like a like a Do you know why? Or they they said it's um fear of moral decay that emerged from the war because mm. the we had just gone through world war one and I'm sure a lot of people were traumatized from that because it was terrifying. And so like in order to cope with it, alcoholism got way worse. And so they were like, we just got to shut it down. I actually should have looked up more about why prohibition happened, but um, I do know that it was like religious that there was, I mean, I do like back in the day, like drunkenness was a huge problem. <laughs> Like, people were drunk all the time, and so they just had enough of it. But They're like, it's illegal. If you drink it, you might die. But the thing was is I that... I want to know what the probability not was. Only, not only did, like, it didn't stop anyone from drinking. And like so a, there's, literally, there was no decrease. I don't know. I actually don't know that for sure. I'm but sure I, they didn't do... That would yeah. be so hard to do but research like, on, but... It was like, the bootlegging industry was huge, mm-hmm. and people drank a lot. Like, they, like, really raked it in. Bootleggers did. In high school, we tried to make our own moonshine. It did not work. How how do you it make moonshine? I don't remember. I was not really a part of it. It was just one of those things where I think... What was that show that was... It was a show, Duck Dynasty, maybe? I don't remember. It was, like, Duck Dynasty adjacent. There was some show, and these guys made moonshine. And so my friends were like, we're going to make moonshine. It looks easy. 
And I feel like they tried and either like their parents found out or like it like, just like tasted like shit. <laughs> but it never made it to me. I know that because oh. I was like, oh, I'll tr- like I'll be your first customer, like trying to support some and then, friends. And then it just didn't happen. Were you the one that told me, did we try to smoke nutmeg? <laughs> was that you or is that Frankie? That wasn't I don't think also, how I can say her name. I feel like I would have remembered. Yeah, I think that was her. It was not me. But you did early on in this podcast say that you were interested in ways to hallucinate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that's what we wrote was, that. Yeah. It was the taping. You, it was like you cut a <laughs> ping pong ball in half and tape it over your eyes and then something with like a red light. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we read that you can get high from nutmeg. So we're like, let's smoke it. And then we got too scared. <laughs> um, I remember there was one time. We went to a concert. I want to say it was Coldplay. I don't remember. We went to some concert. You and, and me? Like, yeah, yeah. And like we thought we got like secondhand high or something because there was so much weed. I don't remember what concert it was though. Oh. And maybe it had to have been you though. I don't know who else it would have been. And like I just remember we were like afraid to like drive home because it was just like, oh, we might be high. <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't be surprised like an outdoor us. concert. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it was Coldplay. Yeah. Do you remember that woman that was there? Yeah, with the dental <laughs> issue. I still <laughs> want to know what was wrong. Here, can you explain to the crowd what... The woman, so we went to this random-ass Coldplay concert at UCLA. At UCLA? On the tennis course. On the tennis course. It was a... Um, benefited the grammy foundation it was a charity concert oh so it was very bizarre but we were really into Coldplay. super into this was also before cold place this was when Not cold okay. well i was trying to like say it in a, in a less negative way <laughs> this is when Coldplay was still putting out bangers like they had just come off of the i have to say though their last album is kind of good <laughs> it is oh no that makes me happy I i'll listen, have to listen i their song cry 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 like is like pretty well what converted me is they did a tiny desk do you know the tiny mm-hmm. desk concerts and it was so good i mean they're amazing yeah i still they're like so good i just felt like the soul of their earlier albums like got lost to like got lost in the milo zito ex- that's yeah. exactly it the milo zito era I feel like it's is where things I was kind of just like, wait, it's everything felt very hollow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are a lot. You should listen to their, I, I don't know. Every, I like that one song. Anyways. Wait, do you hear my cat? Yeah. They're like, what's happening? Well, this woman at the Coldplay concert, she, we got there. <laughs> we got this like is too when, early. This is one like in high school, it's like a huge deal to like be in the front when it's like we could have gotten there like 15 minutes before and been like five feet. Do we just like behind. not go to school? I'm confused. I we think it was on like a weekend. Two o'clock. No, I don't think so. Because there were there were day. students. Because I specifically remember there were like they were having tennis practice and there were like but a college is like 24 seven. Not really. Well, we got there. Yeah. And they were still playing tennis. <laughs> like they hadn't set the stage up yet. And then this woman was like next to us in line and she was probably like in her 40s and we bonded because we were standing in line for so long and she like covered her mouth like she put her hand over her mouth the whole time anytime she would open her mouth and like we didn't know why until like six hours later <laughs> like we talked to this one for like six hours and never understood why and the whole time her hands in front of her mouth yeah and then finally she was like I think she gave us her purse and was like, can you hold my purse? And she was like, sorry, I had dental surgery. 
I that's why I'm covering my mouth. And then she was like, if you look up there, you can see my mom. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. So weird. Yeah, her mom was, but her mom was never in line with us, which is why, because the whole concert was general admission. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I think that's why we got there that's so early. That's why we got there so early, was the whole concert was general admission. It was one of those things where they, like, announced the concert on, like, Tuesday, and then the concert was on, like, Friday or something. Yeah. Like, it was, like, very, like, quick. Um, but so I guess her mom didn't get in line fast enough and she, she was up- like, see ya. <laughs> yeah. I totally remember that woman. Um, why are we talking about Coldplay? Oh, we may have gotten secondhand high at a Coldplay oh, yeah, concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was it the One Republic concert that we I was just going to say, so my parents love One Republic and they <laughs> got, they really, it's like so nice, invited yeah. me and was like, oh, we have an extra ticket. Like, you know somebody who wants to go and I was like Kate wants to go and we danced the entire time it was one republic american authors i think american I authors they have one song that was like a radio hit i don't remember what it was i just remember i was like very confused at the people at the one republic concert why it was just like who like who likes one republic oh best day of my life is the american author song I can't think of how it goes, but it this says... This is the best day of my life. I just made that <laughs> The best day of my life. That's how it goes. Um, but yeah, wait. So tell me more about the people at the One Republic concert. I just remember we danced and people thought we were crazy. I don't really remember. I just remember, like, I didn't understand the demographic. Also, did you see that Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis are separated? And we saw them on a date at Arcade Fire. Yes. They sat like two seats away from us. They looked like they were having a good time and they were a good couple. They seemed so, I was really rooting for them. Yes. I thought you were going to say, and like people think that she's with Harry Styles. She is. Yeah. They were holding hands. I kind of supported it. I, I like really like Olivia Wilde, but it's like kind of unfounded. Like I have no real reason why I really like her. I just like really like her. Like <laughs> she seems cool. <laughs> she, no, she just seems like really chill. And she's like this female director and she like did book smart, which is like a really good movie. Yeah. And like, I feel like she just, I don't know. I'm rooting for her, but it does make me sad because I really like Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Well, I hope they find happiness. Me too. We go to concerts, everyone. Did you well, hear us? Um, Alcoholism rates soared in the 1920s, Sydney. Mm-hmm. And tell me more. Insurance companies charted the increase to more than 300 percent. Oh man. Um, speak. There is tons of speakeasies. I forget that that was like a bad thing. I was like, oh yeah, I love speakeasies. <laughs> I love going to speakeasies. My sister's like obsessed with speakeasies, but it's like I don't even under. She just likes the like. I don't like speakeasies that are like too aware like that are like we're a speakeasy like there was one that i went to in koreatown and the actual space once you got in was like actually really cool it was it was like a cool bar but i'm like why aren't you just a bar but it was like you like walk in it's like next to a gas station and you walk in through the door and then there's just like a bunch of doors and there's like a guy there that checks your id and it's like which door is it (laughs) you're like i don't know i don't know and so he just like watches you touch a bunch of like handles to see which one actually like spins and then it like lets you in he's like welcome to the speakeasy you're like <laughs> wait what it wasn't very hidden there's this one there's one have you been at good time at davy wayne's hell yeah yeah there, you don't Buzz you walk in is, through a fridge you walk in through a fridge but see those are the ones that it's like i don't think it's cool when it's like 
That's just the door. It's just, to a, the... It's just like a, a hidden door to a bar. There's a cool one in Highland Park. I don't know if it's cool. It's like you walk through like a barber shop and then it's like in the back. Oh, yeah. There's one in Culver like that. But see, those I appreciate because I feel like that's actually like like I don't know the one in Highland Park if it's the same thing, but there's a, a barber shop in Culver City that is like an operating barber shop and they're like freaking cutting people's hair and you just like awkwardly walk through it yeah. to the back. And like that I appreciate because it's like, okay, like this is a barber shop. It's not like a we're not like in Alice in Wonderland and trying to find the yeah, door. Like, like doors. <laughs> yeah, like that's not what's happening. But there's another really cool one in San Diego. And it's probably the coolest one that um Alex and I have been to. And like you walk, you have to like walk through their kitchen weird so it's a restaurant and the restaurant's really good actually and then you like walk through their kitchen and then you go through their freezer and there's a door to a tiki bar and so there's just like this really small tiki bar in the back oh that's and so to me it was like really cool because it was it was clear that the space was probably like a closet or something and then they just like converted it to a bar oh i like that and it's like very intentional and that to me feels more like a speakeasy than the ones that are like oh like look at our cool door they're literally made for my sister she's like i don't know what door it is like instagram meeting (laughs) Uh, but yeah it's a cool bar there is one there in my mom's like tiny town in hawaii that she grew up in Mm -hmm. they had a speakeasy and it was just like a normal bar and then there was like a telephone booth and then the bar just continued okay but i was like i don't know if that's anyways I was like confused by that. Yeah, I went to another like speakeasy, I guess. It was, they actually had like surprisingly very good food. It was a hookah bar, (laughs) but then like you go through the back to like just the non hookah part of the bar that's hidden. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I remember though, Alex found it. It was really sweet because he knows that it's like I like finding cool places to Mm go. And he was like, oh, look, like we're going on our date night. And it was to this hookah bar. And I kind of looked at him like, I don't want to be here. And then he was he was like, keep walking. And then we walked to the back and I was like, oh, cool. And then they had really good food. So I was like, yeah, good oh, choice, good choice. Well, you would have loved it. At the end of the 1920s, there was probably 30,000 speakeasies in New York City. Lots to choose from. That's a ton of number one. Um Street gangs grew into bootlegging empires. I feel like we know this. And um, the response of the country to just like embrace the speakeasy bootlegging lifestyle was like very shocking to the people that really thought that was going to like help our country and make make it more morally upright. I'm saying that in quotes. Hmm. So... um, they tried to rigorously enforce smuggling of alcohol. Um, and they were kind of successful in doing that coming in from Canada, but then other crime syndicates found ways to get massive amounts of industrial alcohol that was primarily used in paints and solvents, fuels and medical supplies. Oh my God. And then distilling it to make it drinkable. I feel like, so alcohol I like alcohol. I don't know that I like alcohol that That much. much. That just seems like so much work. Yeah. It seems like too much. Like just like smells like huff some paint. Like do you ever have like an alcohol? Like do you ever have an alcohol? (laughs) I sound like I'm like 14. (laughs) Um, 
where it's just like I, this isn't like this just is this, this tastes chemically chemically yeah and I, I have just, to I'm like in, what I'm drinking yeah I have to like enjoy so it. I don't drink beer <laughs> oh do you not like I beer? beer I don't I think it tastes like soggy bread I won't like seek it out sometimes there's a good beer where I'm like the only beer I do crave is um like it, it ends up being like Japanese or like just Asian beer in general I think because it's a lot lighter oh yeah that have you ever had rice beer no I haven't it's actually so good Ooh. I feel like you would like it. Probably. Yeah. Like Asahi is probably my favorite kind of beer. Even Sapporo is a little more. I really, I like Sapporo, but it's a little bit heavier Heavy. than I would prefer. I also like Kolsch. Oh, I love Kolsch. Or, love oh my gosh. Kolsch. Have you ever had um, Radler? Oh Grapefruit my God. Radlers are like Grapefruit where Radlers. Okay. I'm going to bring those next time. So good. <laughs> that started with Red Bull for me because while I was at Red Bull, I thought I was allergic to beer. Because my cheeks were swelling up. Oh, really? Yeah. It was the the beginning of this current illness I have, but it was back then and then it went away for a little bit and it came back. It's like activated by stress. Oh. Um, but I thought I was allergic to beer and there's like a lot of partying at Red Bull. And so I'd always, and Red Bull's an Austrian company. And so they're like, yeah. Well, I think Grapefruit Radler, I think Radlers are like, I think the company is Austrian maybe. Or enough Germans work at okay. Red Bull that that was like always around. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll take that. How did the government poison the alcohol? Good question. You're wondering that, right? I am wondering. To sell this alcohol. Okay. The bootleggers would pay chemists to make it drinkable. Okay. Because basically what they would do is they would steal like these like vats of chemicals from different places that are used for paint or for gasoline or, you know, that sort of thing. And then they would take a chemist and make it into liquor that people could drink. So the way the government counterbalanced that was to make those like vats of chemicals even more lethal. The chemicals that the bootleggers were stealing. That they know that they knew that the bootleggers were stealing. Okay. They like knew that that was happening. So that's how they did it. Right. That's how they poisoned the people. Yeah. Okay. Cause the bootleggers were thinking it was just the normal stuff that they, it was mm -hmm. like going kind of well for them. And then the government was like, let's secretly taint, taint it. I have so many questions. Yeah. What? Well, like what did the meeting look like when they came up with this idea? <laughs> like, man, all these people, they're still drinking the alcohol. What should we do? I don't know. What I'm if we always just, like, curious. Kill them? I'm always curious about those board meetings. Let's, let's poison them. They're like, have we thought about that, guys? Have we, have we thought about poison? That's a pretty good one. Yeah, people, they're dead. They can't drink anymore. <laughs> so got one. Got one down. I don't know. I It doesn't, like, really say the specifics i'd of, imagine that probably yeah. so my next question i'm not sure if you'll get to this feel free to just ignore okay if you will um but how do we know this now like how did this come out we'll get there okay okay so basically put there's all these chemicals in it the one that proved to be the most deadly was that they put methyl alcohol do you know methyl mm -hmm. and that was the the caused for that terrible day in 1926 christmas eve where all those people got sick wow 
basically it was known at the time that this happened. It wasn't like later revealed. So they like were not hiding it. It was just like, we're going to poison it. So if you drink it, you might die. Did they mean to kill people or did they mean to like scare them? They They meant to scare them. But then they like actually did it. Like accidentally killed them. Yeah. So because this medical examiner who I previously talked about was like pissed off. He quote says the government knows it is not stopping drinking by putting poison in alcohol yet continues its poisoning processes. Heedless of the fact that people determined to drink are daily absorbing that poison. Knowing this to be true, the United States government must be charged with the moral responsibility for the deaths. Um, that's, and he was like, let's charge him, but uh, nothing happened. <laughs> so when did this stop? When prohibition ended. Oh, this went on the whole yeah. prohibition? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm, wow. <laughs> well, it just makes you think like, okay, so if they were doing this like out loud in everybody's faces, like what are they doing that's like classified? A lot of stuff. Too bad I didn't have these sources for my paper. I mean, think about like, think about like Flint. No, that's, you know, um, yeah. So it kind of just, I mean, that was like the height of it in 1926. That's like when it got, and then it kind of fizzled out a little bit, but then once prohibition ended six, seven years later, math, um, it kind of ended, they stopped poisoning. Did they only do it in New York? Or no, was it was it all nationwide? the country. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, but I know not, not every not every bootleg liquor had, had this, this, but it was like the gamble. the ways that I think that's why people kept doing it because they're like, oh, that you know they can't poison every single moonshine. But I mean, it's like, come on, it's the government. Yeah. Don't kill people. Come on, people. Oh man. So that's um as we call it the chemists war. Interesting. That's what they call it. I wonder if the, um, man, that sounds stressful to be that chemist. I just don't want to do things that are against the law. Cause I was going to say like, I can't imagine being that chemist and then having like, I mean, they're probably being paid really well, but having the mob be like, Hey, you better make this le- like drinkable. And you're like, I don't want to you're like, well, well, I feel like they're probably gotta. intimidated. <laughs> you gotta Jeez, Yeah. I don't, I would not work well on any end of that equation. Yeah, I'm too scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm I like t- I'm like terrified of authority. I can't handle. I'm always I like, can't. are they gonna be mad at me? It's too much. <laughs> yeah, I I'm like playing it on my head, and I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't. It wouldn't go over well to me. I think I would die. Like the yeah. mob would end up killing me. Oh, they would definitely not kill from me. defiance, just from like they don't want to deal with my whimpering. <laughs> just like wait, they'd be like, happening? be tough, and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I'm trying, but I can't. Oh. Okay. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, no, but no, I no. also was like, I don't know if you're gonna say anything. No, that that's I mean, we we no, got through I'm the end of her. Thank you. Thank you. Thank that's you. Nice. Okay, so my topic is a mind control parasite. <laughs> Complete other end of the spectrum. Well, is not alcohol a mind control parasite? Dare you uh-huh. say, dare you say, dare you say, um, so it's called Toxoplasma gondi. Okay. Um, and it's actually the parasite in cat poop. <sighs> that is why 
when you, I don't remember when you brought up cat poop, but I was like, we'll be talking about that later. Uh, so from the CDC's website, just some background. Okay. Um, T. Gandhi is a parasite that infects most species of warm-blooded animals, including humans, and causes the disease of toxoplasmosis. And the only known definitive host for toxoplasma Gandhi are members of Felidae, aka domestic cats and their relatives. They're the hosts. They're the hosts. Okay. Yes. Like where the life cycle begins. So the life cycle looks like this. There is an unsporulated oocyst. I'm, I need to say this word a bunch of times. So if I am saying it incorrectly, I do apologize. Okay. Uh, but the, the basically super, super baby parasite. Like in a, it's like super, like it's not even like it's like so baby. Um, and so they're shed in the cat's poop. That's step one. Step okay. two is that intermediate hosts in nature, like a bird or a rodent, they become infected after ingesting the soil where the poop was, water, plant material that has been infected by these super, super baby parasites, the oocysts. Then after they're ingested, they start maturing. And then cats become infected after eating those infected birds, mice, etc., by directly ingesting those contaminated things or by eating the contaminated intermediate hosts. And so this its life cycle starts again. Um, oh. And then if a human gets infected, that would be by eating undercooked meat of animals with this infection, eating food or water contaminated by cat poop that has that infect, like that has the oocyst in there, et cetera. And if you're infected and get pregnant, it could transfer to your child. Once diagnosed, most healthy people can be treated with some drugs, though, according to the CDC's website. Does every cat have it or just some cats get it? So it's not an every cat thing. Oh, okay. It's something. That's a dumb question. Um, but why, Sydney, is this interesting? Do your cats have it? No, my oh. cats don't have it. Not you to have my it. Knowledge. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, so according to Life Science, T. Gandhi has been shown to increase fearlessness in rats. So this is why they call it the mind control parasite. I okay. mean, there's a few reasons. But this is like, oh my gosh, how? So basically there's these, oh, these unspoilated oocysts that are shed in the cat's poop, right? Mm -hmm. And then the intermediate hosts become infected by you know, ingesting soil that the poop was, whatever. They they have something that has the parasite in it, right? And then it's shown in a 2011 study by PLOS1, which is a peer-reviewed scientific journal, that the parasites affect the rats. They studied rats, affect the rats' brains so that now they are seeking out cats <gasps> so that they can get eaten. Whoa. So that the parasites can continue their life cycle. So they're like, go to, go to the guy, go to the guy. Well, so the actual scientific like thing that it studied is, and it suggested that infected rats actually start to feel a sexual attraction to the smell of cat urine instead of it triggering a defensive response. So what I read made me believe that like infer that rats, when they smell cat urine, they probably are like, I need to like get out of here because I'm going to get eaten. So that's like kind of like their trigger warning and then they yeah. bail. But this one, if they're infected with this, then what it does is when they smell the cat urine, they're like, oh my gosh, this smells so good. Like I want to like, where is the cat? Where like, is she at? Like this is... Mm, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. So the parasite is actually changing the brain of the rat to make it go and get eaten by the cat so that it can further multiply Whoa. What? 
Okay. And then spread it's because obviously once it, if the cat's infected, then they're going to poop more and then they're going to spread more of its babies. How are, how have parasites not taken us down? That's <sighs> too smart. So smart. Amazing. I'm not even done, dude. Okay. Keep Amazing. Wow. I mean, that, that, that okay. probably is the most like mind blowing, like, whoa, 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 whoa yeah. thing. But so science, it changes neural activity in certain areas of the brain. According to research, it, quote, overwhelms the innate fear response. And actually, schizophrenia is linked to T. Gandhi. So if a woman is infected with the parasite when pregnant, her fetus might be at risk for developing schizophrenia. Wow. This is, yeah. This is according to a 2006 study of people living in Denmark published in a journal called Biology – or sorry, Biological Psychiatry. Um. And so I don't know. I didn't find any evidence that it's like if you get infected, you could develop schizophrenia courtesy of this parasite. Um, it Everything I read made it sound like it was only like if the pregnant woman has it, then yeah. maybe it wasn't oh, even okay. like a for sure thing. It's just like this could happen. Um, and then 2011 study published in journal PL. PLOS1 showed that the parasite might cause infected brain cells to release high levels of dopamine and then increases could lead to certain mood disorders like bipolar disease. So that is something that could come about if you're like a, I don't know, like a neurotypical human and then you get this. That could Wait, happen. so this must happen like often because they have a lot of examples. I don't know. Okay, so it did say... This is conflicted. There okay. was a lot of conflicting stuff, but it said up to half the world might be infected because so many co cases go unnoticed or unreported. But researchers can't seem to agree on how widespread it is. So in 2002, there was a study that estimated 16 to 40% of people, which still is like so high. 2011 estimated more than 80% of the world. Oh my God. And so this, we have it. The CDC estimates about 20% of the U.S., so COVID has nothing on her. <laughs> what we really need to be worrying about <laughs> is toxoplasma. But it, like it doesn't Gandhi. necessarily mean it will affect you. Well, so it says most of the time, though, the parasite has no symptoms. But it's just in you. It's just hanging out. Can it go away or does it just stay in you? So, okay, that was the thing that I was like, I could not find information on. So this article from Live Science says that there's no cure, but the CDC website where I got the life cycle of the parasite from, it lists a combination of drugs. This is the drugs it lists is pyrimethamine and a combination of drugs such as pyrimethamine and sulfadiazine plus folinic acid as treatment to toxoplasmosis, which is a toxoplasma infection. So it listed that. It said that for healthy individuals. If you scrolled further down, it had like immunocompromised individuals and then had something about like an ocular disease. But I didn't really look too far into that because I was just like, is this curable? And the CDC, I mean, it didn't say that it was like life threat. It was just like, take these drugs. But this live science article says that there's no cure. And I, I think I believe the CDC more. But weird. Yeah. So so how how what are the symptoms like that you could get? Here, let me read. Because I want to diagnose self-diagnosis. <laughs> um okay, so this doesn't actually have symptoms. We have risk factors, which you already saw, biology. Ooh, please, please, diagnosis. 
So it says it's tip. The diagnosis is typically made by serologic testing, um, which is a test that measures IgG, which is immunoglobulin, a type of immunoglobulin in your blood, um, which is used to determine if somebody's been infected. It is necessary to try to estimate the time of infection, which is of particular importance for pregnant women. Um, and that's by a test that measures immunoglobulin M as long as another test. Uh, but this doesn't list any, yeah, it doesn't list any here. I'll just Google it. Weird. Toxoplasma. Like, how would you know, like, maybe I should get tested for this parasite. Okay. Symptoms and causes. So it says infection usually occurs by eating undercooked contaminated meat, exposure from infected cat feces, from mother to child transmission during pregnancy. It says flu-like symptoms in some people, but most people affected never develop signs and symptoms. Weird. For most infants born to infected mothers and for people with weakened immune systems, toxoplasmosis may cause serious complications. If you're generally healthy, not pregnant, and have been diagnosed with toxoplasmosis, you probably won't need any treatment other than conservative management. If you're pregnant or have lowered immunity, you may need medical management to avoid severe complications. The best approach, though, is prevention. So symptoms... They list, this is, I'm reading this all from mayoclinic.org, uh, body aches, swollen lymph nodes, headache, fever, fatigue, you know, super vague, <laughs> um, you know, just the symptoms. Yeah. But in like babies, seizures an enlarged liver and spleen, yellowing of the skin and whites of the eyes, severe eye infections. Um, yeah, wait, I want to see in cats. But so what if you get it and then you become pregnant? I think that's why it was saying it depends on when you were um, infected, infected, why that's relevant. The funny thing is when I read this is I was like, damn, I'm going to test it for this before I have kids. How can you get tested for it? It's a, it's a blood test. It's a oh, really? test is pretty simple. Yeah. Um, what I thought was so interesting is so have you heard before that it's like women shouldn't clean cat boxes? No. Oh, I've been told that like my entire life. Like it was like women shouldn't clean cat boxes. And I always thought it was like kind of like sexist. And I was like, uh. toxoplasmosis and cats, what that would look like since we are cat owners yes. here. Um, fever, loss of appetite, weight loss, lethargy, pneumonia causing breathing difficulties, inflammatory eye problems, liver disease causing jaundice, neurological signs, um, i.e. tremors or seizures. Less common signs of the illness reported include lymph node enlargement, vomiting, and diarrhea and muscle pain. So do you think Ernie has it? I was gonna say he so, had diarrhea early this week. I think he's fine. Okay. But I was gonna say my, you know, Kevin has epilepsy and has random seizures. So do you think that's well I don't know. Does it have to be like all of these? I don't know. Yeah. Or just like one. My question is like, I'm sure they tested you have to this. consume the cat feces. Well, so like, it's infected. So it's the, the problem is more so let's say like the cat poops in like the grass pastures that the cow eats. Yeah. And then it eats whatever. And then the cow's infected and then you have undercooked beef. Okay. So that it, it said that that is like the most common way is or one of the common ways that humans get infected is by like eating undercooked meat 
Because, but also theoretically, if you're like messing with cat poop, I guess, or like cleaning a litter box, and then you like it only goes through cat poop, not through like their saliva or. Yes. Okay. That's my understanding of it. Yeah. It's not like in its bloodstream or like circulating. Because like Ernie will lick me on the face. (laughs) He does lick me on the face. (laughs) So it says in cats, infection with T. Gandhi is much more common in outdoor cats uh, that are active hunters. And in cats that are fed undercooked or raw meat. Um, But yeah, sorry. I don't want you to be worried. Let's see, do do you cat, I knew this cat girl diagnosis that had a Maine Coon mm-hmm. cat, and Those she are expensive. She fed it raw beef. Oh, I've heard that, and it's sm- and like then it's like breath smelled really bad, and I didn't want to be around it, and I honestly can still remember the smell <laughs> of her cat's breath. <laughs> oh man. Okay, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so it looks like cats are diagnosed with toxoplasmosis, similar to humans in terms of a blood test. So okay. I, and they've definitely, I think, tested for Kevin. So Kevin, I, don't, I think she just has epilepsy. Okay. Sorry. I thought this was going to be more like, wow, I should have saved like the like, wow, like it controls the minds of rats <laughs> earlier. Now I feel like we're both just like, shit, do our cats have this? <laughs> yeah, no, just like, I got to get Ernie a yeah. blood test. <laughs> sorry my concern is that i this sounds really unsanitary i don't eat cat food (laughs) but i sometimes i just like nibble on ernie's like as we know i live in a studio i've talked about it not for long not for long not for long i'm moving hey um but i live in a studio right now and ernie's litter box is let's just say like well, okay, my bed is on one end of the room, and then his litter box is on the other side of the room. Makes sense if you're just living in a studio. But then sometimes he'll, like, do his business, and then he'll immediately jump into bed with me. And step in your mouth? He doesn't step in my mouth, but, like... What? What? <laughs> but, like, sometimes I'm asleep. Like, what if, like, a little... <laughs> No, it's fair. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I mean, my cats track litter in my office a lot. Yeah, like sometimes I like see litter in my bed. Sometimes. So Simba, Simba's our cat, our long-haired cat. And he has long hair on his butt. And we have to trim it every once in a while. But when it gets close to trim time, he'll just be walking around and there'll be just like <laughs> shit hanging from it. And we're just like, oh, no. This is gross. You smell bad. <laughs> oh, no. Ernie has that too sometimes. So hopefully he doesn't have taxoplasmosis. He does do that sometimes, like dragging his butt thing. Oh yeah, Simba does that too. Apparently, I think it's a uh, Ernie's not long hair, but he's also not short hair. He's like mm. middle. Um, and I apparently it's when they don't feel like they got everything. Like it just still. Yeah, they're like gotta wipe it. <laughs> well, um, Kevin, who is the the one with brain damage. She like doesn't understand hiding her poop. Like she like knows that she needs to, but she's like too thorough where she will legit just be in the litter box, like getting kicking the litter from every angle to cover up her poop for like 10 minutes. Wait, no, that's not her thing. That's like a Ernie has that. It's like a form of cat OCD. (laughs) What? I'm not joking. What? Yeah. Wait, tell me more. 
No, because I looked it up because Ernie will just like hit the side of his litter box. Like, and sometimes I'll watch him do it and it makes no sense because he's not even hitting the litter. He's like hitting the box, but apparently, yeah, it's like a form. They like get it when they're young and they, it just becomes like ingrained in their brain. So every time they go to the bathroom, they're like, like he just hits and sometimes they'll do it in the middle of the night. And I'm like, shut up. Oh my God. It's clean. (laughs) that's what yeah <laughs> oh poor baby she has more issues than we thought i didn't even know Ernie it was has possible issues too. he has a broken tear duct so he's always crying <laughs> baby oh, it's really like poetic i know in a way it's kind of a sad boy <laughs> sad boy with an i oh i said boy have you like heard about e-boys yeah oh okay just want to make sure yeah I know about e-boys. There was a YouTube video that was recommended to me. What? Well, I just realized that it's like, I I don't know why it was recommended to me, but for some reason it was recommended to me. And it was like a react video, but it was like, adults react to e-boys. And I was just like, why is this happening? What is this? Because I was like pre-proing a bunch of my YouTube videos for the month. And I was trying to think of what I was doing. And sometimes I definitely overcomplicate it. And... I like saw that and I was like, damn, all I have to do is react to e-boys and I'll get like 10 million views. That's crazy. Maybe you should do it. I just like. Why do people, do people enjoy watching reaction videos? There's so many. I think it might be a generational thing. Like maybe we aged out of that. Like it's the gen after us or something. Cause I don't really like it either. I don't get it. Cause I even watched like old gay men react to WAP and I'm like, who is this for? I don't understand. Yeah, no, I've definitely, I've seen them all over, uh, what is it, Fine Brothers, they do it a lot. And yeah, I've watched a handful of them. Most of them have to do with like our air, like it's like teens listen to like 2010 punk pop. Are they like, or punk pop? What like, is this? Yeah, or are kind they of. like, this is cool? Okay. Well, they're like super, that's why I don't understand is because I feel like it always feels so premeditated. Like they're like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> and you're just like, wait, it's not that crazy. And also like, who talks like that? What are you doing? <laughs> and I feel like that's like everybody. You're just like, what's hot? Huh? There was um, this video. My ex, I talked about where he used to work at PETA and he edited this video of this girl who's like a Disney channel star. Cause sometimes PETA couldn't get the big guys. So for their like smaller content, they get like random people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking like F list celebrity. <laughs> so this girl, she was like, a no, she wasn't even on Disney channel. Her mom Worked really wanted her to be on Disney channel, oh, okay. but then like couldn't find the right angle. So the angle they chose was that she was a vegan and so they wanted her to become like a famous preteen vegan. <laughs> she like, that's what was the most confusing part about it. Cause I'm like, she doesn't have any actual fame. Anyways, she did. A, <gasps> she just has aspirations of fame through veganism. Yeah. So her vegan video that she did for PETA was she did like a taste test of all the vegan foods at Disneyland. And it was literally like the most insane video. Cause it was like, she would eat like a Dole Whip and she'd be like, oh my God. That is so good. Dole Whip is really And good it's vegan. And then she'd eat the pretzel. She's like, oh my God, that is so good. And it's vegan. Like literally that, those same exact words over and over and over again. It was like a 10 minute video. And I was like, who is going to watch this? 
<laughs> that makes me think of like um there was this girl in high school who was vegan. I feel like there weren't that many vegans at our high school. Who? She was. That's obnoxious. Right. That's classic. She would be vegan. So I don't know. I'm pissed about that. Well, so she, but she'd always like remind you she was vegan, which I know is like a trope, but it's like a trope for a reason. Yeah. And I just remember we were all at lunch or something and she was like, I'm vegan. And she's like, so all I have to eat are these French fries. And I was like, we, huh? Like, why don't you eat like vegetables or something? And yeah. it was like, she's like, well, these are vegan. And I just remember she was always eating French fries. And I was like, that's a thing with like oh. people that are vegetarian is like, sometimes they're like extremely unhealthy. Cause it's like, I just eat mac and cheese all the time. Well, I remember being like, oh gosh, I hope like you eat other things. Like there's no nutrients in that. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, I don't know why it was like very, like it like really kind of got seared into my mind for some reason, like being really worried for her, like nutrition, <laughs> her nutrition, because <laughs> it was just like, you are only eating French fries. <laughs> she probably wasn't actually vegan. Well, and it was around the same time that, did you ever read that book, Skinny Bitch? No. Oh my gosh. It, I can't believe, it's like, I'm, I remember everybody at school was like, skinny bitch says whatever. Let me see if I can read the... Wait, what is it? It's like a... That's why I wanted to look it up. One second. Skinny bitch book. Because it's hard to explain. Okay, so it's called... It's written... Oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense. So it's written by a former modeling agent and a former model... And it's tagging a skinny bitch, a no-nonsense, tough love guide for savvy girls. Oh, um, God. Here, I'll read. This is the synopsis. It says, stop being a moron and start getting skinny. If you can't take one more day of self-loathing, you're ready to hear the truth. You cannot keep shoveling the same crap into your mouth every day and expect to lose weight. Which I guess is, I mean, that's true, I guess. But yeah. um, the author is Rory Freeman and Kim Barnuin are your new smart mouth girlfriends who won't mince words and will finally tell you the truth about what you're feeding yourself. And they'll guide you on making intelligent and educated decisions about food. They may be bitches, but they are skinny bitches. <laughs> and you'll be one too after you get with the program and start eating right. Um, I'm trying to find like a passage from it. I cannot believe that this book was in print, is in print. Because I remember, I do remember the voice of it was like kind of funny. Yeah. Did you read it? I, I read a little bit of it and was like, huh? Oh, I mean, I'm no. sure I was imp like, it was impressionable to me, but it was just kind of like, okay. Oh, wow. Five stars in 2020. I know. I was just seeing that on Amazon. Okay, this is, I never thought in all my 26 years of eating meat that I would actually give it up. This is the most eye-opening book. I ate chicken and turkey every day. I would make fun of vegan people. Oh, so I think this was in response to this is she became vegan. Because oh. this was all kind of happening at the same time. Um, I'm one of those people who would eat burgers, sweets, all that tasty stuff. This book completely turned me off. My stomach churns when I think to eat it. It was a, I was a cheese lover. Not anymore. It does turn you off of those foods for good reason. Don't read the book. If you want to keep eating pus infected antibiotic food, I'm so grossed out. Um, but yeah, it like, basically I'm trying to think like it like was a very like pro veganism, obviously thing. And it does make some points like the, 
page that this review shared talks about like how it's the same reason why I only if I I don't really eat meat but my doctor says I have to and um if I do eat meat it's from this farm in Arizona that like ethically all their animals live lives that they would on like Mm -hmm. they would in the wild um is because like the adrenaline and like the stress basically because of the horrible way that we get we treat animals in that system um that you ultimately end up eating it when you're eating the animal so it does talk about that but i just remember there was specifically something about milk and it was like talking about like curdling milk and they cuss a lot um so it's like trendy yeah it's like trendy Okay, so this one star one says, I wrote to Amazon and got my money back for this book. Although it contains useful but commonly known information, the bullying approach just turned me off. Don't get me wrong. I cuss like a sailor and so does my husband. I worked in LA theater and he was in Vietnam during the war. Uh, why is that relevant uh so foul language is not a problem it's the arrogant entitled gen x approach i just can't stand use profanity if you want but don't insult people with it yes it's expressive but in this case it's just used for shock value and to humiliate and gut guilt bait people who obviously want to relive abusive childhood or other relationship experiences <laughs> oh my god wow oh this is a really long thing okay well, anyways, I guess some people like it and some people don't. Um, I can't remember why we started talking about this, but I really hope that that girl from high school started eating more nutritional meals because otherwise she probably would have gotten really sick. Maybe she has the vi- the the toxoplasmosis. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because she was only eating. No, she couldn't have unless she was. Well, maybe. I don't know. I was gonna say less likelihood because she she didn't eat meat. So I just kind of find it hard to believe that you're more likely to get it from the potential that a cow ate grass that a cat peed on than if you're a cat owner and a tiny fleck of their feces gets in your mouth, which like sounds gross, but like is totally reasonable. Oh, that, that is could totally happen. reasonable. So that was from the thing that said internationalcatcare.com, iCatCare.org. Sorry. Um, is what said that it's more likely for humans to get it that way. But the CDC did not put any weight on one way or the other. It just listed a bunch of things. Okay. So I don't actually know like what is behind international cat care saying that. Okay. But I don't know. Hopefully we just won't get it. Okay. Pray. I don't think it really Eat, pray, it. love. Eat, pray. And not only that, love. Remember when that was like a really big thing? Yeah, I, I, didn't, I never... I missed that. I missed that boat. The ship sailed. I did really like Under the Tuscan Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that ring a bell? Was that a book first, It's with too? Diane Lane, yeah. Under the we rewatched it recently. It honestly holds up. Well, was it a, wait, kind of. Was it a um, book first, too, though? Yeah. It's like the most escapist, like, wish fulfillment movie I've ever seen. So for everybody who, oh my gosh, Sandra O's oh in this. Yeah. I love Sandra O. Oh. Have you watched that? What's that show that she's famous for being in now? Grey's Anatomy. No, no, no. The other one. I don't know. It's like killing. It, people say to watch it. They say it's really good. Oh. Um, she won an Emmy for it. Good job. Sandra O. Oh. <laughs> I love Sandra O. Oh. She was, um, she was the principal in Princess Diaries. Yeah. The, the queen girl. is coming. <laughs> that was so good (laughs) thank you oh my gosh okay so it says when frances mays learns her husband is cheating on her (laughs) you're reading the description (laughs) for people who don't know okay you ruined my joke sorry 
I was say when Frances Mays learns her husband is cheating on her, she goes to the dark web and orders a hitman. <laughs> that was a different episode. Um, is cheating on her from a writer who she gave a bad review. <gasps> yeah. The audacity. Her life is turned upside down in an attempt to bring her out of a deep depression. Her best friend, Patty encourages Francis to take a tour of Italy during the trip. The new divorcee impulsively decides to purchase a rural Tuscan villa we and struggles it. to start her life anew amid colorful local characters, including the handsome Marcello. Yeah. He's sexy. It's funny. Wait, really? Oh. <laughs> so it has Marcello, who is Raul Bova, but then it also has, it just says Mario Monicelli, who in my, I just saw that in my peripheral because it wasn't in the center of the thing. And, and I see this like really old man he played. He's built this old man with flowers. And I saw it and I thought that that was Marcello. And that you were like, oh yeah, he's sexy. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, sorry, I have to. He's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Look up Mar. We'll just Google under the Tuscan sun if you want to see what I'm talking about. Um, it's real. I mean, it's really bad, but it's like comfort food bad. Oh yeah. Did you ever watch Sideways? Yeah. Well, I'm triggered by Sideways. Is it like no? Can I tell you why? Tell me why. Literally, every single class at USC, you have to do a scene from Sideways. Why? And I'm like, why? This movie is not that good. Why does everybody like it so much? I thought it was just okay. I didn't think it was bad, but I, I thought it was just I think it was, was like fine. well-written and like, I don't know. It's such a dad movie. My dad loved it. It's such like a middle-aged guy. Like, oh, that, you know. Sandra O's in this one too. Oh yeah, she is. She plays a hottie in it. Yeah, she's hot. I just, there's a type of movie where it's like, you can imagine the people walking out of the theater being like, that was good. That was good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like one of those movies. Sideways? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like I heard so many people talking about it. And then I finally, I recently watched it for the first time, actually. I feel like I only half paid attention, to be honest. But it's because I really like The Descendants. And that's done by the same guy. Um, Alexander Payne. Alexander Payne. I I know people like don't like The Descendants. For some reason, it's like comfort food movie for me. Even though it's like a huge bummer of a movie. Yeah. But it's just so good. And George Clooney is great in yeah, it. Yeah, we love George Clooney. And I love the themes that it explores. It's great. Um, but so I think I was going through one of my descendant phases where I like watched a few times over the weekend. And then Alex was like, oh, have you seen Sideways? And I was like, no. And then we started watching it. And I was like half paying attention. I was like, this is just okay. I don't know. Yeah, the amount of times I've had to listen to Sideways reenacted by like struggling actors that do usc productions <laughs> it's pretty sad mm. killing eve was the other one the uh sandra O show that i was thinking of oh killing eve yeah yeah i've heard a lot of really good things about it wait in film school did you study um legally blonde no oh why i don't know i feel like i read somewhere that like it's often studied because its script is considered like a perfect screenplay no, that's Chinatown. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I don't think that's true. Legally blonde, perfect. <laughs> no, it is true. Well, I go to USC film school, and that is the 
<laughs> okay, well, it turns out that I can't find what I was talking about. I swear to God, somebody, I read it somewhere. Yeah, they love Sideways. Um, I'm trying to think of the other movies that we've had to watch. That's like, okay, I get it. I don't remember. Sideways is the big one. And one time, this girl, we, like, would have to do scenes in class, in my directing class. And this girl, like, literally... So, like, they, you have to do the scene, like, three or four times and, like, direct in front of the class. It's very embarrassing. So, like, what do you, like, you're just direct, like, you're, like, do it so like more. Yeah. You rehearse with the actors outside of class and then they come in and you're, like, okay, let's run through the scene. And then they run through it one time and then you give them an adjustment and then you run through it again. And you kind of just work through the scene with them, like, in front of people. How interesting, though. So, they're, like acting but then you're being judged for how yeah, you're my teacher acting. was super mean <laughs> but i like i liked it like he mm. was like you don't know anything what you're talking about that was a horrible direction and i'd be like great tell me more what kind of direction do people give um bad direction <laughs> most people are really bad directors directing is so hard it's so hard like what's like considered bad direction like give me an example um like, they wouldn't know how to, like, give direction to have someone enter the room, right? Like, well, when a character enters a room. So they'd say, take in the room. And th that always gives you the same result of the actor going, oh, and, like, look, <laughs> like, gazing around the room. This girl, they're all, it's all scenes from sideways, so, like, wine is in, like, almost all of it, right? And we you had to bring in props so the actors, like, had stuff to work with, right? Mm-hmm. And this girl brought an actual wine. And so they did it like five times. And the actors were drinking wine the entire time and were like tipsy by the end of the scene. And then the, the teacher, like he didn't realize it until the end. He was like, are they drinking actual wine? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> it was really traumatizing. Wait, wasn't she supposed to drink, bring fake wine? Yeah, no, yeah, but she brought actual wine. <laughs> or like, I don't even go. I could be in film school. I know you could. I mean, be. I could be. In yeah, film you school. definitely could be in film school. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring real. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, that was a little <laughs> off topic. Sorry about that. Except you learned some new. You got some extra bonus nuggets. Yeah. Um, I'm so on. sorry. Okay. I just did that in your ear. Uh, new episodes Fridays. You can find me everywhere. Sit so good. You'll find me back here. Oh, and make sure to follow our podcast on Instagram. Yes. It's new. New Instagram. New Instagram. We'll post the episodes. The episodes. We'll post like an image guide to the episodes. And some other stuff sometimes too. So maybe too. you'll see the man, the old man that I said was very sexy. Yeah. Not the one that played old man at Flower Mart. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and i guess let us know what else you want to see on our instagram yeah. i don't know we'll put stuff i we'll guess put some fun some stuff. fun some fun things um cool so yeah see you next time new episodes friday bye bye